What's up? What's up, everybody? Want to welcome everybody into NPN Voice, Neighborhood Planet. NPN Voice got voice you heard. And today we're honored. We're honored to bring on author Cato. Uh, we're bringing him into the space, bringing him into the place so he can share with you about his new creation, about his new literary work, uh, which is amazing, called Fade Razor. Um, it's exciting to me. I'm glad that the brother had time and, and, and decided to come in and show us some love here on the planet. And we're glad to have him here. So what I'm going to do without further ado, I'm going to bring this brother in and allow him to come in and talk to y'all about some things and be able to share some stories with you and be able uh, to allow y'all to tap into this talent that he has that's amazing with his nonfiction, I mean, with his fiction writing. Uh, but he's more than an author of of, of fiction. <laughs> so right now, without further ado, I want to welcome in my brother, Arthur Cato. Hey, what's up, fam? What's going on, man? Oh man, not a not a whole lot, man. Life, brother. I hear you. I hear you, man. I'm just excited to have you in. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, to be able to share with us uh, because you have this amazing, amazing story that you've created here uh, about this melanin um, super being. And I think that it's going to be something that's going to be amazing. It's going to be something that's going to uh, change the game, like we like to say. Uh, it's an amazing story. And uh, I would like for you to come in and just help us to understand. Give us a synopsis on it. Give us a briefing on it. Let us know um about this amazing story so we can have as many eyes and minds as we can to be able to enjoy this experience because it's amazing um yes, sir. absolutely but to start off if you don't mind introduce yourself to the audience and our listeners and let them know who you are give us a basic bio like they like to say of who okay truly is all right i am um my name is uh author cato well i go by author cato and uh, I'm I'm the author of uh, four books, so I'm I'm pretty much a newcomer uh, to the scene. But I have a my my pen is superb. Um, I, my first three books um, is a crime story called uh, Gangster Shit. It's a series, uh, and I'm in the process. I've already written a storyline for that to do a spinoff. I don't want to do endless. Um, endless stories about endless books about one story. So what I plan on doing, I made a, um, I, I entered into a contract with the first publisher and he wanted me to write six books in the same series. And I told him I didn't want to do that. Um, so we, we negotiated it at three, but uh, I'm, I'm now independent uh, with my latest book, uh, but the, there's going to be a spinoff from the gangster shit series called death uh, before the, before dishonor, the rise of Mackie boy. Um, but this current book is called fade razor. Uh, the world's first melanin powered super being. It's a book about a, uh, a black superhero who's powered by uh, the, the, the most powerful substance in the universe which is a which is a potent form of uh, of alien melanin, and the uh, the melanin is compatible to the Earth's melanin. They came from uh, some aliens who had uh, who had come here and crashed. Uh, Fade's father is a um, 
is a is a reverse engineer of alien technology uh, with the government. And uh, and what that means is any any time that there's a, a alien crash, <clears throat> excuse me, he goes out to uh, to investigate the the wreckage or any type of artifacts that's left there uh, that might be able to be be reverse engineered, any type of technology that can be reverse engineered. Uh, but his father, who despises the secrecy behind uh, the existence of aliens, because he said it may uh, it may humble mankind or benefit mankind, he he takes every time that there's a crash, he's taking some type of artifacts from the scene covertly. Uh, basically, he's still in he's still in stuff from the scene. Well, I wouldn't call it still in because it doesn't belong to the government, but. You know what I'm saying? He takes these artifacts and uh, and he 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 houses them somewhere. And this this one particular crash scene of some aliens, uh, an ancient race of aliens, he finds out that had been coming here for for thousands of years, uh, visiting uh, mankind, particularly people in Africa or the ancient people. And they had a relationship where they would they would they would even take some of the Africans back with them to their planet. This crash uh, was a a a, a, a in the ancient race of aliens. They were dark skinned. They were they were very dark. They looked humanoid in appearance, but they were physically they were taller, uh, bigger, and they actually had dreadlocks. And um, they looked like the Neolithic people in Africa, um, the ancient Sudanese people. They were just that they were actually darker than them. But in this crash, he found these gauntlets that the aliens were wearing. It turned out to be battle gauntlets um, in case they had to uh, go to war with the earthlings to defend themselves. And he found like uh, hundreds of uh, vials of uh, this black tar substance. And when he took it back to the laboratory to test it, he uh, concluded that it was uh, compatible to alien, uh, compatible to the Earth's melanin that people of color uh, possess. And, um, but it's, it was thousands of times more potent. So his son, not to give, give away too much, but his son had, uh, had a debilitating form of sickle cell. And the last, uh, episode he had, it almost killed him, and the doctor told him, gave him a grim prognosis, and told him that he, he might live to be thirty. Um, but he, but that that disease was eventually going to kill him, and you know blacks and Hispanics that's pretty much a black and Hispanic disease. So he uh, he went to the lab. He figured the aliens were using it to inoculate their. Uh, to inoculate themselves from Earth's atmosphere, and they use their own DNA to make this substance. Uh, and he 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 hypothesized, he theorized that it could possibly serve as a cure or a treatment for a son. And he gambled. He basically used his son as a guinea pig, but you know he had he had to implement drastic measures to save his life or give him a quality of life, and it cured him. Hmm. So fast forward later on. Uh, his son is a grown man. He finds his dad's laboratory using a map uh, where, where he hid all artifacts at. And uh, he finds the alien substance in the vials. He took it out 
and um, he had an accidental spill. And when he reached down to, when he reached down to clean it up, the substance uh, attacked him. It, it, it rendered him uh, in a trans-like state. He couldn't move and the substance went into his body and that's how he became contaminated. And, um, and it changed his physical appearance, his physical appearance almost immediately. He grew several inches. He got darker, bigger, uh, taller, and, uh, and he grew dreads. And he had these, this alien branding on his body that looked like the, uh, the raised tattoos that the tribes use in Africa. Brother Cato, don't don't give it all away. Don't give it all away. I know, I know, <laughs> man. You got because you got that's just a little taste, brother. Hey, it's four hundred and twelve yeah, pages. Hey, so it's just a little taste. That's all they need is a taste before they can go and get the whole meal. You know, it's, yeah, it's, man. There's so much more to this. There's so much more to this story, though. So much and you more. Know what? And I and the way that you're telling it to me, you know, because I'm over here. I'm a sci-fi dude, man. I I love it. I love I love nonfiction. I mean, I love fiction. I, I I love the the creativity of it, you know. And just looking at it, it's seen. I can see it going further than just the book you've written. I'm sure that there's another level to this story. Oh my God, is it? It's it's a, it's, it's a it's a very very it's a very deep book. You know, it has a, it has historical references in it. It has family, uh, family values, man. It has, it has a lot of stuff in it, man. Black and brown unity, um, man. It has, and every every issue that we deal with today uh, in America, social justice or what have you, uh, regarding police brutality, um, uh, organ harvesting, gang uh, violence. Man, it's it's in the book. Every I mean, this book is that it's 412 pages, but it's not long. It's not long and drawn out, man. It's it's there's there's action, and that's my writing style. There's action. It's intriguing. I and you know, and you know, I know. Uh, just even from um, just just the just the interaction that we've had in other creative spaces, man. So I, I know uh, how your passion is, and I can tell. And lit by listening to you for one and for two, by always following your post whenever you you speak about your book, um, I see your evolution. And and I'm not saying that that part of you as a creative wasn't always there, but I've seen where you have matured. And man, I, I, I'm loving it because I see much bigger things, especially looking at this this latest piece of work of yours, uh, Fade Razor. I see so much bigger things, man. And and I'm, I just say praises, King, because uh, it, it, that's that's this is some full feature film type story work here. Oh yeah, that's that's the that's my writing style. I write my books uh, read like a movie. I have soundtracks. I have soundtracks in all my books too, pretty much. That's awesome because you know what I saw the soundtrack, the fade raiser. And you know we spoke about it before, but it's hot. Right. You know, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just the beginning of something so much bigger. And, you know, and, and the way and I do hear you when you say um, that this is Marvel type stuff. But, you know, one thing I me personally, you know, I, I like for us to try to at this stage of the game for us to try to keep our things on our side, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. You know, so it, but, you know, to be able to uh, get some of that 
funding to be able to create this thing because when you start saying it, I see something even more um, that has more stature than than a Terminator. You know, because when you say the dreads and their height and their skin, but but they're they're more humanoid than or they're more human uh, than a, a Terminator. So I'm mean, not a Terminator, but a Predator. You know. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they're giants, and you know the the and the ancient people wrote on the cave walls, and I'm sure you're aware of, and in animal scans that talked about giant uh, giant yes. aliens coming to to the earth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I appreciate the fact that one, you tie history in when you start talking about not the Nazis in the Third Reich. And we know what the history is about, you know, Hitler's pursuit to be able to deal with aliens. We know about what well, those of us who follow history know about it. Exactly. You know? And they still trying to say that, you know, they escaped in an alien ship. That's that's why they disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the story. I mean, they try to pull it in like that. You know, they said that they were doing things amazingly. And then the one thing that really makes it so profound and, and really so exclamatory is the fact of how America went over after the war and took all the technology. And that was the that was the foundation and basis for everything that they're doing now. Yeah, well, you know, Operation Paperclip, which which took place, as an, it was a United, it was an operation by the United States government, a secret operation that bought the German scientists over here. One of which was von Braun. Right, von Braun was. Yeah, he was a leading rocket scientist, and they asked him, "How did the Germans become so superior in uh, in rocket?" Uh, rocket technology because they had I, they had ICBMs and a kind of they were way ahead. yeah and he pointed up to the sky and he said we had help from them he was talking about <laughs> he was talking about aliens but in the book you know operation paperclip is mentioned the uh, the the villain in the book his dad was one of the german rocket scientists who came over and Kato, um, you, if they wrote me to interrupt you tell them about um, your guy's father, who is the albino. Tell them about uh, that character. Oh yeah, he was he was a he was a rocket he was a rocket scientist. He came over from o Operation Paperclip. He was a Nazi. He was a card carrying Nazi, and he was a uh, he was a white supremacist. He he actually he wasn't just someone doing a job for Hitler or for the country. He was actually a believer in the uh, in what the Third Reich. Uh, a spouse, which was a uh, a superior Aryan race, but in the book, the 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 twist on on that is the Aryan the Aryan race is not based on white superiority or uh, white physical prowess. It's, it's actually based on the dark aliens, the tall aliens uh, that's in the book, and uh, who had been like a who like like I said, who had been having a, a, a relationship with the ancient black people of the earth, the darker races of the earth, the first people. Right. So this, this substance, the son was looked, the son knew about it. Hitler, Hitler knew about it. His father knew about it. And the son, the son who uh, ended up taking over his father's, uh, excuse me, ended up taking over his father's empire. His father had to flee to Argentina where a lot of the Nazis had fled because the Nazi hunter Simon Wiesenthal was dead on his trail, so he built 
uh, he had, he bought an island over in South America, and uh, and then his son eventually took over, and his son became the world's uh, first trillionaire. He 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 increased his father's uh, wealth exponentially, and he became the world's first trillionaire. But he was a white supremacist, and uh, and he had his own army, and uh, he was looking for the substance. He he had became old and feeble, but he was albino, couldn't come out in the daytime. But he was looking for something to, uh, without being covered, he couldn't come out in the daytime. But he was looking for the super melanin, the, which he called the, uh, the, he called the, the super uh, uh, substance or something like that. But he, he was looking for that. But the twist on it, the, the white Aryan superior race was not based on white people. It was based on... Uh, it was based on uh, uh, black aliens. That's in the story. I mean, that's not the ch- that's not real life. That's the fiction aspect of it, though. I hear you, but but mel but melanin is dope like that. That's just oh how, yeah. That's, that's just how it works. We know that is the most powerful thing in existence on, on Earth. <laughs> and imagine and imagine and imagine of 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 a variety of it. That's a thousand times. Oh, I, I, I could more, more potent. I yeah, it, it, tur- it turns the, the the person who whose veins it flows through it turns them into a a super a super being, and that's what Fade Razor is. He's a super being. I got you, man. Listen, how do you? Because I'm sitting here listening to you calling out German names and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying. To, how do you come up with your character names? Where did, where do they come from? Man, just that creative part of my brain brother i just come up with my characters like that names for him uh the the, the name of the super villain his name is his his original name is is, is heinrich mortimer his father changed the last <laughs> name mortimer <laughs> his father changed the last name because he was trying to he was trying to conceal his identity but right. his first name was indeed heinrich that's dope but, <laughs> yeah, but once the once the supervillain is the supervillain doesn't he he doesn't he's not he doesn't have an accidental uh, he doesn't have an ac- uh, accidental uh, overdose of the substance he actually finds it and 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 injects it and has has his personal doctor to inject it into him and he he ended up uh, he ended up turning colors he was already pale white he was a white albino. Mm-hmm. But it changed him physically, gave him what he want, youth, all that stuff. And uh, but it turned turned him and changed his colors and he and he just told him, Don't call me Heinrich no more, call me Spectrum, as in color spectrum. That's so dope. You know what? This is not a movie, bro. This is a weekly series. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Cause this shit can evolve into such a huge, long-lasting story. Because it's ingenious, man. I'm, and I'm just, I guess, cause I'm feeling it from a creative standpoint, man. And uh, and and I, and I got the book on the way. I know I was trying to get it before I got before we had this interview because I wanted to get into it and talk shit. But I'm gonna have a part two to this where we can really come on and maybe have segments where we can discuss the book because. 
I know that the story's dope, and I'm, I'm just sitting here, you know, interacting with you and, and looking at the post, and, and just getting be able to absorb a little bit that I could, you know, as trial from from Amazon. You know, I I've see I see your ev- well, I can't say I see your evolution because I did, I've never known the literary part of you, the author part of you, the writer part of you, um, but I know that you had the capability and that your creativity was at that level, and um. This book, I'm sure it's going to be dope. And I'm going to definitely read it and we're going to revisit this and we're going to come back and we're going to have some conversations about it because I know it's going to be worth talking about, man. Definitely, definitely. For sure, for sure. And listen, you know, I just got a couple of questions myself, you know, just just, just, to, just to get it from a, um, a creative standpoint and understand better because one day I do want to be able to sit down and script me something. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I like I like the you know imagination too. You know, it's fun for me. So that's why I tell people I'm never I'm never bored. People be saying bored. I'd be like I'm never bored because my mind never stops moving. Right. So, yeah, it's always ideas. But tell me this: Does writing energize you, or does it just exhaust you at the end of the day? Do you put so much passion in and put so much feeling in it that you're tired when you're finished writing? How does that work for you? No, I'm never. I'm never exhausted from writing. In fact, writing is a is an is an escape for me sometimes. Like I recall I went through this personal situation with a relationship and um the only the only es- escape I had from it was writing a book and that's how I wrote gangster shit. I wrote the first one and the second one I wrote which was during the time that I was going through something, I wrote that book within two weeks. And, um, and it was, uh, it was way, it was, it was, it was a lot more chapters in the first one, a lot more involved. The story was. So passion. So, so listening to that, so passion and emotion drives your writers, your writers drive or, or your, your, what motivates you to write. So passion and, and, and emotion sometimes. Yeah, because whatever I write about, I feel strongly about it. You know, whether it's okay. whether dope. it's political protests, whether it's um, the streets, whether it's you know revenge or whatever, it's something that I feel that I feel passionate about. So that that's what make my um, that's what makes my my pen uh, move. That's dope because is is that's the amazing gift is making others see what you think. Uh, for right. you to be able to translate that power, that's so influential, and that's a gift. That's a blessing. And when, like, when you were sitting here telling the story, that's all. Like, don't tell me. I'm one of those guys. Like, I don't like sitting in the movies and watching movies with people that tell the movie who's seen. It <laughs> I'm right. that person. Like, shut the fuck up and get out. You know. Right. Uh, but just listening to you tell the story, man, I'm, I'm I'm really eager about getting the book. I'm really eager about it. I'm really eager about reading the you know, reading the entire story, because like I said, just from you having this conversation with me and being a creative is that I see it as a weekly series, you know, yeah. because it can, it seems like the story can continuously evolve and it can really go long term. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that type of creativity and that type of forethought um, and the idea that you've come up with, man. Yeah, I'm definitely, it. you know, it's definitely made for, TV or the big screen because uh, I'm actually on book two. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. 
I mean, in this entire creative process, because I know that, I mean, we've spoken about it before that you've, you've actually come into a space where you have writer's block, you know, and I'm sure that drives you nuts as a creative that you really want to continue on with that story that you're feeling right now, but you can't because for some reason you're at this space where it's blocking you. And and I, and I and I know that's the case with it sometimes. But what is what do you consider as really the most difficult part um, of your writing process or your creative process while you putting together these amazing stories, man? Well, you just said it, writer's block. But writer's block is a funny thing, you know. It 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 could lift, it could it could lift anywhere. It can end anywhere. Like like I've I've been in the store or. I've been in the, I've been working out and boom, it lifts. Now I got, uh, I got to lean in to where I left off at. And once I get a lead into it, everything starts flowing from there. I'd even got stories, uh, storylines. Like I've got storylines for like three or four other books. Um, just standing in the line. And if I'm in the line to store, I, I recall one time I was in Publix and um, a boom, a story hit me. You know, and I and once I got done ringing, ringing out, I went straight to the car and I started writing it down, writing the storyline down on an envelope before I forget it. Because it doesn't it ain't going to stay with me too long. So I have to write it down then. Do you think that it's visual stimulants or situational stimulants at the time that possibly drives you to? quote unquote, get out of that writer's block, because I know as a creative, sometimes I could be wherever I am and it's something that I see or something that run across me real quickly or I see someone that triggers a, an idea um, and it might not be specifically them or uh, tied to them, but they trigger something in me. Is that something that you feel as a creative that, you know, you might be in a situation and look up and see something that might trigger you to, you know, uh, build on an idea or continue with the idea that you already created? Yeah. I mean that, that, yeah, that happens, you know, that happens. But I think what, I think what the, the, the predominant, um, the, 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 the thing that happens the most is that, you know, to end, end writer's block, uh, is, uh, clearing, clearing my mind. Okay. You know what I'm saying like, Okay. taking a break or whatever, man, clear, just clearing my mind. Cause once you, once you clear your mind, I mean, if your, your mind is filled with a whole bunch of activities and we think about, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, man. I have a thousand thoughts going through my head a day. Absolutely. I have a thousands of, <laughs> yeah, I have a thousand. Um, I mean, all kinds <laughs> of thoughts, anger, all kinds of, all kinds uh, of shit. Sure, so sure relate. Yeah. So, you know, once once my mind is clear or whatever, you know, everything comes every, uh, uh, you know, everything can come back. And like I said, it could be anywhere. Like I was under the bridge one day, a Hathaway bridge, man, jumping rope and, and boom, you know, my writer's block lift boy. And I went back to the house and um, I went to pecking away on the computer, man. And it happened actually with uh, with Fade Razor. It but, I only like had, but I only had writer's like block that. one time. I only had one episode of writer's block with Fade Razor, and it's by far the longest book, the most involved book. 
I had right. fun writing Fade Razor. I mean, it was fun. It I'm was sure. Fun. I'm sure I can. Yeah. You know, I could. I could hear it and just um, the story plots. You know, and the way that you've tied in different elements. I can tell that you had fun and that you just let your imagination just run and you followed it all the way through. Um, that's how you came up with the 412 pages. And if a person is not a reader, they really don't understand the extensiveness of a 412 page <laughs> fiction story. They don't understand hey, that, man. It was actually longer than that. I had to actually take out, <laughs> I had to actually take out uh, a whole chapter. As my nice. publisher say, okay, now this is a little bit too much here. I just, you know, hey, man, I just wanted that story. But see, you know, one thing, you can always do a backstory if you have to. That's the, right. the good thing about writing. You can always do a backstory on something. But the finished product, Fade Razor Man, is amazing. It's just an, ama it's just an amazing story. I'm glad that you feel that way about it. Um, and, and that's good to know, especially knowing the person, knowing you. Um, so it's good to, to know that. Let me see what else here I got to ask before I end, before we end up tightening this up. Uh, hmm. My future books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your future books, definitely. But one more thing is, you know, who inspired you to be able to bring out that edgy creative person that you are as far as in, in, in literary um, works that you do right now? Well, uh, I've always had a hell of an imagination. You know, I, I would, I could see a movie, I could watch a movie. And if the, after the movie's over with, I'm critiquing the movie. I'm like, damn, they should have added this scene or they should have added that scene. I've always been like that. But as far as a particular uh, artist, who inspired me? It was Donald Goins. Donald, in fact, my I patterned my writing style after Donald Goins. I've read all of his books under under that name. They, they say he has uh, he has other books under another another pen name, but Donald Goins is um, I think he's Donald Goins. Donald Goins is Donald Goins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Donald Goins is a, is a first pulp fiction writer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And his scenes, his scenes read like a movie, and I pattern my writing style after him. Now, who, who, in, who inspired me or encouraged me to go to to go to get published was a brother by the name of um, by by the name of uh, Smith, out of uh, Maury Smith, out of uh, Gary, Indiana. Uh, he was albino. <laughs> he was he was a killer though <laughs> you know he's a dangerous dude but he was very he was highly intelligent he had and been you in know prison. what most most what? most real g's are highly intelligent yeah yeah he's yeah awesome. you wouldn't even know he's a you wouldn't even know and that's that's the thing about real killers real ogs they don't you you don't you don't know that about them they're so smart um, man. yeah you don't yeah you don't know that 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 they're killers you don't because they don't talk about it but he, but he, I let him read five chapters of gangster shit. Okay. And before he read it, he said, look, young blood. He said, now I'm going to, now we were in federal prison together. He said, look, young blood. He said, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm brutally honest. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. I said, okay. I said, that's fine. That's what I want. And when he came back, he came back with the, with the pages in his hand. He was stumping the pages, looking at me and he was smiling. He, he, he hardly, he hardly ever smiled. Okay. Uh, he always kept his unit on his face, but he he said, "Hey, you on your way, young blood?" He said, "This right here, 
this is a this is a good story. This is a good story. And uh, he said, I read hundreds. He said, I probably read thousands of books during the time I, I served. He served 20 some years for, for murder. But he he was um, he was well read. And he said, this is a this is it. He said, when you get out, you get this published. OK, and the rest is the rest is history. <laughs> and I named one of the in fact in the, the fade razor I named one of the characters after him oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 the gangster in the, in the story there's a gangster in the story I got you I got yeah. you L let me ask you this because you know uh, real just recognizes real um, do you feel as though that uh, a, a, a big ego do you feel it helps or hurt a writer. Oh, it, it helps. Uh, I think it was uh, Howard Cosell. He said the great ones are always egotistical. The great ones are always they're always arrogant. So yes, it, it helps a writer. In my opinion, it depends on what they're writing, because you know the type of things I write about. You know, yeah, you're gonna have to have. Uh, some type of some type of ego, you got to have that audacity. I like that. I like that. And so, you know, just even over over just our conversation that we've had for the last half an hour, um, do you feel? And and I'm just trying to absorb it. Do you feel that whenever you you whenever you get into your writing space, because I'm sure that you probably have writing binges the same way that we have video watching binge we'll sit there and watch movies or people say they sit there and binge watch so uh, do, for my question is is a two-fold question do you have writers binge oh yeah whenever yeah. it comes down to what you're doing well yeah like book two of gangster the gangster shit series i like i said i wrote that book within i wrote it i think i wrote it within three weeks man and um like i said it was a it was um, the longest, the longest book of the the, uh, the three the three book series, and I also went on a binge with uh, with Fade Razor, but I wanted to take my time with it because the story uh, was too important. I had to do a lot of research too. Some of the things I already knew, the historical things that's in there, but some of it I had to research to make sure it was true. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, because definitely that you definitely will get fact checked in this day and era. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got. Yeah, dudes was uh, looking to fact check me and gangster shit because uh, the story took place in New York. And I and a guy, a girl from New York who actually interviewed me, she said, you 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 show sure hit everything right. And and uh, in in the uh, in the book and all the landmarks. You know, but I put in the time to do research when I write. I don't just just don't write because I don't want to misinform anybody and I don't want to be a uh, fact check. Oh, man, I can appreciate that. I definitely can yeah. appreciate that. Um, so I tell you what, it's been a pleasure, man. But before we close out, though, there's a couple of things I want you to let everybody know where they can contact you, um, where they can get any of your work um, and also let them know about your future works that you got in the pipeline that's getting ready to drop on everybody. So we can always, again, come back here and, and, and keep putting it out there. This, uh, this great content that you're providing us that we need to feed our mind, body and spirit, brother. So tell them, tell them that information so we could, uh, make sure that they're on point with us and 
we can get some of this stuff out here to them. Okay. Well, I'm on uh, Author Cato, uh, A-U-T-H-O-R, uh, Cato, C-A-T-O. I'm on Facebook and I'm public. So you can contact me uh, through through Facebook. I'm also on Instagram under the same name. Uh, that's a private one, but you can hit me up and I'll, uh, if I decide to let you in, I'll let you in. But the we have a website that's currently uh, being built and uh, when I come on the next, the next time you bring me on, I'll I'll divulge the uh, the website name. I think we ran into a uh, we ran we ran into a couple of glitches on there, uh, but that that's uh, that's how you can contact me. Now my books are on Smash Smashword uh, books, and uh, another print medium is uh, Amazon. If you go on Amazon. Uh, Type in Amazon Cato books. I should come up. Now we had a little issue with with Razor because it kept taking you know the those uh, uh what what do you call it the they kept it, it kept taking me to to the Razor department when you put in Razor even though the name is spelled A I mean R A Z R but we had a little glitch with that but if you go ahead and put um, Amazon uh, Cato books then i should come up on amazon now my future books okay we're on, we're on paperback and we're also on uh ebooks but i am in the process of getting a um uh, getting an audio book done also now my future books uh fed uh, fed killers is a completed manuscript it's uh it's a protest book about the system very good story it's uh it's it, it's based on a true story in part on a true story um it's it, it's set to be released i got to get it get, get it to the editor publisher and it's set to be released before the year is out god willing and um i also have another i have the spinoff from gangster shit called death before dishonor the rise of mackie boy um and um i also have a I have a, a sci-fi book called Overworld that's three quarters of the way done already. And I have a series that I am uh, planning on putting out. It's a series about a, a black cattle baron family uh, that I want to try to get it put on, a, try to get it into a series, maybe Tyler Perry or somebody. And um, it's called uh, Westgate, serious book. And um, that's what I have uh, have going right now. Well, I also have another book called Hijack, and there's another one called uh, Uprising, the American Antifada. That's it. My brother. <laughs> Uh-oh, I didn't know my mic was muted, brother. Yeah, yeah. What, what did I leave off? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, what I was saying was I'm sitting here talking and I didn't know my mic was muted because of my... Anyway, 
<laughs> um, I was saying that we would end up having for, for the material that you have, we'll end up having a Authenticato book club and just oh, have, definitely and have you to come on weekly and we can have some real discussions about it. And what I was thinking is actually uh, we can have some series where we can actually read chapters of the book and kind of uh, and kind of and, and kind of uh, animated a bit where it can be like a uh, Broadway on Broadway online for, you know, hey, that'll work, brother, whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> yes, sir. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you came on tonight, man. I'm glad that you have things that's loaded up in the gun for you to be able to release to us. And um, we're looking to appreciate what you already have out here for us, for us to be able to enjoy. So definitely um, you have our support here at Neighborhood Planet and Neighborhood PBS to be able to continue to uh, promote uh, your space of creativity uh, because the stories that you're sharing with us are, are amazing. And um, and it, I think it's something that's very well needed uh, for us. And, and your creativity is amazing. So I appreciate you uh, for the artist that you are. Uh, for the guy that gets behind the pen and be able to help us to to see and appreciate what you are thinking. Uh, so we appreciate you that for that, brother. Uh, and so are there any last words that you have to say? We've been on and we've been kicking it and everybody been soaking this up and we're just looking to make sure that you guys understand how you can enjoy uh, the creativity of the Cato and what he's bringing to us for us to be able to engage in and to be able to actually empower ourselves through, uh, through his words. Um, but anything else you have to say, brother Cato, before we decide to, uh, tighten up this podcast and bring it into it. Did I lose you? Are you there? Brother Cato. Everybody, it seems that we have some technical difficulties and Brother Cato is not available right now. Hello? Oh, yeah. there he is. There you is. Oh, okay. Oh, hey, yeah, I don't, man, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I would like to tell my, my, my people, um, as far as uh, from a social justice standpoint, man, is to inform themselves, see consciousness, man, and get involved because we need it. After that, that uh, devil shot up that store the other day man that should be a uh, that should be a wake-up call because i guarantee you he was part of a bigger cell they sent him he was a lone wolf that's what they want to project but he was part of a bigger cell and we need to become uh aware of uh everything that's going on in this country to protect our people one thing we can do for that and that statement is say if you're going to be woke, also be conscious because there are a lot of sleepwalkers around here. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, so exactly. There's a lot of sleepwalkers around here. You know, they use the term woke a lot, um, you know, very vicariously. They, you just use it frequently. And I say, OK, you could be woke, but are you conscious? So mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing that I could appreciate about your work. We're looking forward to it. Authenticato. Again, thank you for coming in, blessing us here at the planet. Everybody, thank you for listening in. And uh, we look to bring this brother back as we continue to evolve. We hope that we can evolve with him and help him to be able to get his stories out here for y'all to be able to enjoy. Um, and 
That's what it is. It's NPN Voice, everybody. NPN Voice got voice. You heard. Everybody stay well. And we love y'all, Nick. Now y'all feel about it. Peace. <laughs>